morning and welcome to worship on this fifth Sunday after Pentecost. Welcome to those of you that are joining us through our YouTube channel, through our OSL podcast, or via our radio broadcast this morning. However you have found your way here to us, we are glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. I want to take a moment to say a special word of thanks and welcome to Dale Freeberg, who is joining us this morning to share his gift of special music with us. You will get to hear his gifts of music throughout our service today. Dale, thank you for being here with us. I remind you that there is a bulletin available for this service um, that you can download. It's on our website. Um, And I invite you to um, light a candle and to gather some bread and wine or juice um, so that you can celebrate Holy Communion a little bit later in our worship service. We begin worship this morning with with confession and God's word of love, grace, and forgiveness for us. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose voice is upon the waters, whose mercy is poured out upon all people, whose goodness cascades over all creation. Amen. Let us pray as we confess our sin, trusting in the abundant grace of God. Holy God, you search us and know us. You are acquainted with all our ways. We confess that our hearts are burdened by sin, our own sins and the broken systems that bind us. We turn inward, failing to follow your outward way of love. We distrust those who are not like us. We exploit the earth and its resources and fail to consider generations to come. Forgive us, gracious God, for all we have done and left undone. Even before the words are on our tongues, you know them. Receive them in your divine mercy. Amen. How vast is God's grace. Through the power and promise of Christ Jesus, our sins are washed away and we are claimed as God's own beloved. Indeed, we are forgiven. In the wake of God's forgiveness, we are called to be the beloved community, living out Christ's justice and the Spirit's reconciling peace. Amen. We sing together this morning our gathering hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, hymn number 858.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness, that your good news may be the ends of your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. At this time, we now join Denise Bick, our Director of Children and Family Ministry, for a children's message. Good morning. We hear in the Gospel of Mark today that Jesus is constantly on the move. Everywhere we look, he is healing and blessing and gathering and proclaiming God's love. His reputation continues to increase, and now the crowds are starting to follow him wherever he goes. News of his miracles is traveling from town to town, and everybody is waiting to find out what he's going to do next. In today's story, we hear how Jesus heals Simon's wife's mother. So open your world story Bibles to page 278 as I read from the Gospel of Mark, Healing at Simon's House. Healing at Simon's House from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus, James, and John went to visit their friend Simon. Knock, knock, knock. Simon answered the door. He looked worried. What's wrong, Simon? asked James. Simon answered, my wife's mother is very sick. She's in bed with a fever. Simon knew Jesus healed people. Jesus, will you help her? He asked. Jesus nodded. He walked over to Simon's mother-in-law, held her hand, and lifted her up. Suddenly, her fever was gone. She jumped out of bed to serve her guests. Later that night, the whole town gathered outside Simon's house. Jesus stayed up late to heal many who were sick, hurt, or filled with unclean spirits. Before the sun came up in the morning, Jesus went out and found a place to be alone and pray. When Jesus' friends woke up, they couldn't find Jesus anywhere. Everyone looked for Jesus. Simon looked for Jesus. James and John looked for Jesus. Simon's mother-in-law looked for Jesus. The whole town looked for Jesus. Finally, Simon found him. Jesus, said Simon, everyone's been looking for you. Jesus told Simon, it's time to go teach and heal more people in the other towns. Jesus' story of healing are told many, many times over in the Bible. He places his hands on Simon's mother-in-law and her illness disappears. And then what happens? She uses those hands to continue to serve drink and food to all the people who have come to her home for Jesus to heal, right? Some have illnesses on the outside, others have illnesses on the inside, and he heals their bodies and he heals their hearts. Jesus calls each one of us, young and old, to be his hands and feet out in the world. But what do you think that means? We can't exactly perform miracles like he did. No, of course not. But we can use our hands and feet to heal those around us. And I'll, I'll tell you how. We use our hands. We can use our hands to clap and celebrate someone's accomplishments, like they make a basket in basketball, or they perform in a play, or they sing a song during one of our church services. Or we could use our hands to send a note to a relative uh, that's out of town, or maybe a grandma or a grandpa, and then put in there a picture or two that you drew just for them that they're going to hang up and they're going to put where they can look at it and remember how you made their hearts happy. Or you like to bake or cook, you could make some soup and deliver it to the fire station. Or you could bake some banana bread and, and deliver it to your neighbors. Or pop a loaf in your mailbox for and with a little note thanking that mail person who is working so very hard to make sure that our mail is delivered every day. 
You could use your hands to give someone at school a high five or a hug if they're sad. Make sure you have your mask on, of course. Let them know that you care and that you're there for them if they ever want someone to talk to. Now, how can you use your feet to heal? Well, well, you can maybe call up a bunch of friends and invite them all to go ice skating together. You know, if you're at home lonely, you gotta think that some of your friends are at home just waiting for someone to call them and invite them to, to go somewhere and be together. Or you could maybe go online and look for a virtual 5K or an in-person 5K and see if there's one out there for a good cause. You know, I looked online and there's one called Good Soul 5K in Eau Claire in April coming up. And the purpose of that 5K is to promote good health for all by providing a workout routines online available for free all year long and in-person ones too all year long as soon as all the COVID restrictions are lifted. They say a good soul is someone who inspires you to do something good for someone else. By participating, you not only help your own health, but you help the health of another soul. That's pretty cool, huh? You could use your feet along with a trash bag and some gloves and walk your neighborhood and pick up trash. Clean it. That would be healing your planet, right? Healing the earth. There are just so, so many ways that you could use your hands and feet to heal those around you and the earth. God needs us out in the world to do his work. Now, at the end of our story, it says that Jesus went to be alone and to go and pray, right? They were all looking for him and he was out. He went alone to pray. Now, why do you think he did that? Have you ever had such a crazy, exhausting, busy day that when you get home, you just need to go somewhere and be alone? Close your eyes and let the craziness of the day just drift away. Isn't that sort of like healing yourself mentally? Well, when you're actually sick, do you want to be surrounded by people and activity going on around you? No, don't you just want to be left alone so that you can rest and heal? You know, the doctor may give you medicine or maybe grandma's chicken noodle soup that she makes from scratch is the med all the medicine you need to feel better. That's how we heal ourselves on the outside. But can we be sick on the inside? Well, sure. We have feelings that get hurt or, or maybe we're just really mad about something. You know, there's so many things going on in the world. We just be mad and upset and, and, it, it, and it's all inside us and we need healing on the inside. And that's when we can help each other out, right? We could be a good listener, right? We could, we could listen to people who just need to talk. Sometimes all we need to do is to talk about what's bothering us. And then we are healed on the inside, right? Or maybe we need that one friend. We all have one, that one friend that has the gift to make you laugh. No matter how you're feeling, how grumpy or mad or upset, you have that one friend that just makes you laugh and brightens your day. You know, they do say that laughter is the best medicine, right? So let's spend some time this week using our hands and our feet to heal those around us and our world. Let's end this time in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving each one of us unique gifts that we can use to heal those around us. Be it the gift of cooking or baking or letter writing or drawing or the gift of listening and comforting or even the gift to make others laugh. They are all your gifts to us. Let us find ways to use them every day. It is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. This morning, our first reading is shared by one of our confirmation students, Madeline Horvath. 
The first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. The Judeans in exile have a good reason to be hopeful. The one who will bring them to freedom is the God who created the world, the God who subdues the rulers of the earth and gives strength to those who are weary. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, who created these? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. He, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We sing together our gospel acclamation. gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. Jesus answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace and healing to you all. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, today, I want for us to think about healing. I don't know about you, but for most of my life, when I have thought about healing, I have tended to think in physical terms. Healing, when one recovers from illness, healing when cancer is cured, healing when our physical body is fixed somehow. This is perhaps what most of us think of as healing. But the stories in the Bible about Jesus healing are always about so much more than just something physical. Our gospel reading this morning is an example of this truth. 
Jesus heals first a woman, Simon's mother-in-law, Simon soon to be named Peter by Jesus. His mother-in-law has been sick in bed with a fever. Jesus takes her by the hand and lifts her up and she is healed. And then Jesus travels around healing a multitude of other people too. The significance of such healing stories throughout the Bible really goes much deeper than just a restoration to physical health. Being healed in the Bible also matters socially. Healing brings with it a restoration of one's social place in society. You likely know that illness, disease, was viewed differently in biblical times than now. Illness in biblical times prevented the sufferer from being welcome to participate in the community. Illness kept people separated from their community. Lepers, for example, were deemed unclean. Those who were sick or possessed by an illness were shut out from social interaction because disease was seen often as a punishment for sin. And so you kept such people at arm's length or further. In such a culture then, to be healed had really big social ramifications. To be healed meant that you could become an active part of the community again. We actually see this happen for Simon Peter's mother-in-law in our gospel today, even though it might not be obvious at first glance. What does she do right after she is healed? For all you feminists out there, it sounds kind of awful. Simon Peter's mother-in-law, whose name isn't even recorded, by the way, she's been on her deathbed, and just as soon as she's better, she gets up and starts preparing and serving a meal to her guests. That's what happens. Literally, she serves them a meal. Typical mom, no matter how sick you are, you still have to take care of everyone else. We react kind of negatively to the picture of a woman getting up after a severe illness to serve her male guests. I mean, couldn't have Simon Peter's wife or a female servant prepared the food, or I don't know, maybe Simon Peter himself could have helped out a bit. But of course, that would not have been acceptable in their ancient culture. But what is also true in their culture is that it was a matter of honor to be able to show hospitality to one's guests. As the matriarch, it was a matter of honor for Simon Peter's mother-in-law, more than it was really about servitude. So then being healed, in being healed, she was restored to her proper place in society as the matriarch of the family. Being healed for her was about so much more than just a cure. Her healing had social ramifications. Healing in the Bible is always about more than just a physical cure. And I think this leads us to remember and to more fully recognize perhaps that healing can happen even when a physical cure is absent. I've visited with so many terminally ill people over the years who have known the gift of healing even though their cure did not come. They have known healing spiritually sometimes in holding fast to God's promises, mentally sometimes too, in coming to terms with their loss and facing it with family and friends and discovering corners of joy and sharing memories and stories and spending time with the people they love. There can be healing even when there is no cure. Which leads me to a second important truth about healing in the Bible. And that is that even perfectly healthy people need it. In the Greek, the same word for healing also means to save, sozo. The same word for savior also means healer. Healing through Jesus means being saved from whatever one might need to be saved from from sin, from selfishness, from greed, from hopelessness, from exclusion. And all of us need such healing, such saving, no matter how healthy we may be. 
So healing is about more than just a cure. And healing is also a saving act of God, something we all need. But there's one more thing I want to point out about healing in the Bible. And that is that Jesus also brings about a healing of perceptions and ideas. In our story from Mark's Gospel today, it was considered sinful for Jesus to touch a sick woman. She was considered unclean because she was sick. It was considered unclean for Jesus to get too close to her because she was a woman. And it gets even worse than that, if you can believe it. Jesus lifts her up, touches her on the Sabbath, the holy day. Maybe it's just me, but it often seems like Jesus sort of waits around until the Sabbath just so he can break the rules. Probably not, but he challenges the ways people think about what is and is not holy, about who one should and should not try to help, about who is or is not welcome. Jesus challenges stereotypes. He challenges ideas about God and about what the kingdom of God should look like. He heals perceptions and ideas. He does this for us. He challenges us to see beyond our fears, our stereotypes. He teaches us that holy hands are serving hands. He emboldens us to recognize that our hands can be healing hands too. I remember my first real mission trip of sorts. When I was in college, I traveled to volunteer at an orphanage in Jamaica. To be honest, I was mostly excited about the little bit of beach time we were promised. I mean, Jamaica, right? I would, of course, put in my time and work hard, painting and cleaning, and I figured it would be interesting to hang out with the kids and connect with them too. But no one could have prepared me for the experience I would have while I was putting in my time. I still remember meeting little Martin like it was yesterday. Martin didn't care so much about the clothes or the toys that we brought along. He just wanted to be held. He would smile so big every time I picked him up and then he would take my sunglasses, put them on and smile even bigger every time. Martin had a birth deformity. He couldn't walk. He would never be able to walk. All of these kids at the orphanage were disabled in some way, abandoned by their families because of their disability. The whole experience, the whole place was both tragic and hopeful because this orphanage became for them a home, a family, a community. And I learned something really important about healing on that trip. I learned firsthand that the most important part of healing is not always the cure. For these kids, it was not the medical supplies we brought as important as they were, or the toys, or the clothes, or even our painting and fixing, which I mean was pretty amazing. But no, for these kids, the most important part of healing was knowing that they mattered, knowing that they were valuable. For these kids, healing came in the form of being held and cared for and loved, being included and accepted, having a home, a community. But I also learned another amazing thing about healing, and it was that we, as the providers, the caregivers, we actually experienced healing too. Healing for us came in the form of being needed, being able to offer something important, being loved right back, being included. And healing came for us in learning to see people with disabilities in new eyes, learning to see the systemic issues of poverty that contributed to their abandonment. We were changed through that experience and we came away healed too on this day. I hope that you may know the gift of healing in whatever ways you need it. And I hope and pray that you will become part of God's good work of healing too in our world. 
with holy hands that serve. In the name of Christ, amen. We sing together our hymn of the day, Praise the One Who Breaks the Darkness, hymn number 843. Guided by Christ, made known to the nations, let us offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all people in need. After each petition, we sing together, Lord, listen to your children praying. God of new life, we pray for ministries of healing and wholeness for hospital, hospice, and military chaplains, for those serving in prison ministry, and for all who proclaim freedom and release in the name of Christ. God of creation, we pray for insects in the grass, clouds on the mountaintops, for cattle and the rainwater they drink, and we pray for the humility to take our place among all creatures of the earth. We pray to the Lord. those most in need. 
God of hope, we pray for all who are wearied by life's burdens, for those who are poor, for those lacking supportive relationships, for those crushed by debt, for those struggling with chronic pain or other sickness, for those exhausted from overwork or stress, and for all who cry out to you this day, we pray to the Lord. especially Brad Wozniak, Audrick Boer, Ron Hughesby, and David Bauer, Martha Bauer's nephew. In the midst of any suffering, may your peace and mercy abound and surround. God of community, we pray for this congregation, for outreach and social ministries centered here and those we support with our time and resources. We pray for our parish nurses, Becky and Amy, our communion distributors and our care visitors. We pray for all ministries of companionship and support, and we pray for the young people in this community who open us to new understandings. We pray to the Lord. especially Janet Went. May her life and all our ancestors in faith serve as witnesses to your goodness. Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people spoken or silent for the sake of the one who dwells among us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray to the Lord. you to share a sign of peace with those whom you are gathered and as we send a sign of peace to you and as we greet one another here. Peace. I want to take this moment to say thank you for all of your generosity, for the ways in which you have supported the work of helping our neighbors in need, especially the ways you have supported the ongoing ministry here at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. That support is vital as we continue to walk and follow in the ways of Jesus and to do that good work here in Menominee. We welcome your offering to our shared ministry. You may send your offering to our church office, or you can use our online giving option, which you can find on our website at oslme.com. 
If you have not already done so, I invite you to gather some bread and some wine or juice for our celebration of Holy Communion. As we sing now our offertory, let the vineyards be fruitful. Let us pray. O God, receive these gifts as you receive us, like a mother receives her child with arms open wide. Nourish us anew in your tender care and empower us in faithful service to tend to others with this same love. Through Jesus Christ, our saving grace. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In this meal, we are connected together as the body of Christ. We are filled with God's promises, with grace and love and belovedness. We are filled with the body of Christ, so that we can be sent forth to be the body of Christ in and for the world. As you celebrate Holy Communion, wherever you are, receive these promises, receive this gift. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. We welcome uh, Dale Freeberg to share special music with us now. He'll be offering Lord my strength.
Thank you, Dale. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Christ Jesus, at this table we have feasted on your very life and are strengthened for our journey. Send us forth from this banquet, nourished in body and in spirit, to proclaim your good news and serve others in your name. Amen. As you go now into the rest of this Sabbath day, receive this blessing. God, the creator, strengthen you. Jesus, the beloved, fill you. And the Holy Spirit, the comforter, keep you in peace. Amen. I want to share now with you, the ministers of OSL, a couple of updates on our ministry. The first is a notice that our annual meeting will take place next Sunday, that's February 14th, at 9.45 in the morning. It will be a virtual meeting by Zoom, and you will receive an email in this coming week, or in the next week, excuse me, with a digital copy of our annual report and a link to join that Zoom meeting. There will also be an option to call in if calling in and, and joining the meeting by phone is a better option for you. You can find the link to the meeting right on the front page of our website. If you want a hard copy of our annual report printed for you, please contact the church office to make arrangements for that and to arrange when to come and pick it up. I also want to let you know that Ash Wednesday is right around the corner. It is Wednesday, February 7th. We will be gathering for virtual worship via Zoom on that evening at 6.30 p.m. This year, our worship service will plan to include a time to share communion with one another. You can find a link to that Zoom um, Ash Wednesday worship service on the front page of our website as well. With Ash Wednesday comes the beginning of Lent, and Pastor, uh, myself and Denise, excuse me, will be hosting a drive-through uh, Lenten opportunity for you on Sunday, February 21st, from 10.30 to 12.30. We'll have Lenten crafts and activities and devotionals for families, um, for children, and for adults. You are all welcome to come to drive through, to pick up those packets, to say hi, and to share a blessing um, and a prayer as we begin the Lenten season. Finally, I remind you that if you have um, any prayer concerns or if you have a wish to speak with one of your pastors or parish nurses or any of your church staff, we are here for you. You can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. We sing now together our closing hymn on Eagle's Wings, hymn number 787.
Go now in peace. Be the light of Christ. Thanks be to God.
か」